we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the July 7th edition of the Sunday side of sports. Let's kick off in Morocco, where it's day six at the Africa Women's Cup of Nations football tournament. Our sunny side of sports listeners will remember, in addition to determining the African women's football champion, the top four teams in Morocco will qualify for the 2023 Women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand. And two more African teams will advance to interconfederation playoffs with a shot at advancing to the Women's World Cup. In Group B results Wednesday in Casablanca, Morocco, Zambia edged Tunisia 1-0, and Togo and Cameroon drew one all. Zambia's Avel Chitundu won the Goal of the Day award. She knocked in the winning goal in the closing minutes of the match from close range. Meanwhile, the national women's football teams from Botswana and Burundi, both making their debuts in the tournament, are back on the pitch Thursday in the capital, Rabat. Burundi is playing South Africa, and that will be followed by a match between Botswana and defending champion Nigeria. In their opening matches in Group C, South Africa beat Nigeria 2-1, and Botswana defeated Burundi 4-2. For reaction to the debut appearances by Botswana and Burundi, Iron Mike Mbonye contacted a print and TV sports journalist based in Nairobi, Kenya, Lokadere Natiom. First of all, I'd like to say that women's football, particularly women's football in Africa, holds a really special place in my heart. So I was excited to see both Botswana and Burundi competing at the Africa Women Cup of Nations uh, for the first time. And it was interesting. In the beginning, uh, the first half, you could see that both teams were really excited or uh, they could not believe that they have finally gotten to the Africa Women Cup of Nations. And uh, I'd say that they were a little bit afraid of each other, but they took every chance they could get to direct the ball towards the net, which I think it was very, very interesting because we saw about six attempts um, in the first half that saw uh, now uh, Botswana leading uh, when the first half ended. It was very interesting to see that all their attempts um, became fruitful before the the first half ended. So that was very interesting to watch. Um, It was also interesting to see the experience that these players have gotten either abroad or through playing uh, the tournaments in the different regions, how it has helped them uh, perform very well during the qualifiers for the Africa Women Cup of Nations and during the main tournament. Of course, it was a good relief to see such good attempts and also The goals were amazing, considering that this was their first time meeting at the Africa Women's Cup of Nations, and it was a relief and a breath of fresh air from the usual Nigeria and South Africa tussle. 
Um, I really enjoyed the game. Um, towards the end, it was as if both teams were really fighting to get that one more goal in just for the sake of it. Burundi, I mean, they have come from so far. I remember when they were playing during uh, the Sekafa Championships again uh, against Kenya. And, you know, it was a tussle. So I was really impressed by that. And uh, I think these teams are going far even if they don't qualify for the uh, FIFA World Cup uh, for 2023. I think they are going far. We could see their prowess. We could see their hard work. We could see the dedication in their game. And I think the communication on the pitch was a perfection. Uh, this is what we want our girls to be playing like. Um, even if they're not playing in Europe, we want the African football to have such richness. So I was very impressed and I really, really enjoyed uh, the game. With this win, do you think Botswana will be fired up to win Nigeria and South Africa in their group? Uh, Mike, when it comes to uh, Botswana, I think this win has definitely motivated the team uh, to go forward and conquer these other great teams having a fast win in such a high level competition i mean gives you that motivation to go forward and also be uh, not intimidated by these other teams so i think the win is very critical for botswana tackle each match at a time and go forward just to give um, themselves that opportunity to either finish even if it's not the the champions uh even at position two i think it will be amazing for botswana i think their experience they have a great range of experience from the local tournaments to players coming from uh playing from europe so i think it will be very interesting we have players who have played in their own local uh leagues in botswana bringing in their ex experience we saw seven their captain uh just leading the team as usual so i think this will be a great opportunity for botswana to come in and show africa that Nigeria and South Africa cannot dominate the Africa Women Cup of Nations for a very long time. We need surprise winners and I think it will be a great for the team. Do you also think that Burundi is the underdog in Group C or can they spring surprise in their remaining games? Mike, from the way Burundi played, I was also surprised because for a moment there we felt like Botswana had them on chokehold but they came out surprisingly well just redeeming themselves and uh, equalizing the goals at the same time as Botswana of course it ended up 4-2 they lost but how they played that game was very interesting I don't know what their coach told them during the halftime break but they came out strong during the second half and they controlled the pitch from left to right just their passes, of course, their defense and their offense was on point, and of course, bringing a hard time to Botswana. So maybe in between the other games, Burundi might surprise us, but I, I feel like they still have a lot to learn. I feel like um, they need to tighten up their, their defense. They need to tighten up their communication on the pitch as well, just so they can be able to conquer the remaining teams but uh, like i said before 
I am here for a surprise winner. I am here for all the surprises. And we can see the level of um, dedication that the teams like Burkina Faso and also Togo, who are coming into the Africa Women Cup of Nations for the first time, just doing their best to maintain that kind of professionalism and that kind of kind of enthusiasm. I think it is very important for all the teams that they see um, this kind of competition will get them to a higher level and will definitely bring back the respect that is needed for African women's football teams. So maybe uh, Burundi will surprise us, maybe they will not, but I'm here just to see what they're going to do in their upcoming matches. That's Lokadere Natiom, a print and TV sports journalist based in Nairobi, Kenya, and she spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Nairobi. Sporting greetings. This is Lokader Natyom, a practicing print and TV journalist based in Nairobi, Kenya. You are listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Still with women's football, host England beat Austria Wednesday 1-0 in Manchester in the opening match of the Women's European Football Championship. A record crowd of nearly 69,000 watched the game at Old Trafford the home pitch of Manchester United Football Club. Beth Mead scored the only goal in the 16th minute when she flicked the ball over Austria goalkeeper Manuela Zinsberger. Goal line technology showed the ball crossed the line before it was cleared. Now the Netherlands is the defending European women's football champion. The Dutch women will play their first match on Saturday when they meet Sweden in Sheffield, England. Sheffield and Manchester are two of eight cities staging matches at the Women's Euro 2022. The final will be played on July 31st at Wembley Stadium in London. The 16-team tournament kicked off a year later than scheduled because of the coronavirus pandemic. I'm Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Follow the sunny side of sports on Facebook and Twitter. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. And my Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. Also, please note, we've moved our programs to VOAAfrica.com. There you'll find your favorite VOA TV and radio shows, including the sunny side of sports and a whole lot more. Find us on VOAAfrica.com. This is the voice of America. Washington, D.C. July is a big sports month in England. There's Wimbledon tennis, the Women's European Football Championship, and the Commonwealth Games officially open July 28th in Birmingham, England. One African swimmer hoping to make a splash in Birmingham is Ghana's Nubia Ajay. In this encore sunny side of sports profile, Yawafusu Larbi tells us more about Nubia. Sporty greetings, Yao! Sporty greetings, Sunny. 
Hours before her peers wake up to get ready for school, Nubia is already in the pool. And while they are preparing to get to bed at night, she is already asleep, waiting for the next early morning session. This is the life Nubia has chosen, and she's working tirelessly to reach the top. Swimming is very important to me because it helps me just in day-to-day -day life um, with like stress and stuff. It's very relaxing for me, so it means quite a bit. Nubia was born and raised in England. She began swimming at 10 years old, where she actively competed for her school. Her teenage life has been heavily bordered around the sport. She has lived much of her life managing the hectic training sessions, the high points and the disappointments from the meets she couldn't do particularly well in. Possibly when you're at a competition, you know you can do better, but you haven't done, you haven't, at the end of the, at the, end of the race, you haven't done as well as you thought you would have. That's probably the hardest part. There have been some great high points though for the young swimmer. She won six medals at the Maiden Ghana Zone 2 Championships in Accra, where she represented Ghana for the very first time two years ago. And since then, she has grown from the young, quiet swimmer to the bright-eyed lady, smashing it at the top of national swimming. She is currently the fastest swimmer in the 100-meter female backstroke in the Zone 2 region and is slowly building a name for herself. In swimming, seconds matter and the results can only be achieved through training. In peak training, Nubia swims about two miles in the pool. That's 3,218 meters up and down the same stretch multiple times. I guess just like everyone else, I would get upset with myself and I'd make sure that after that, I'm really putting in the work at training so that for the next competition, I can make that second or two seconds off for the next one. Representing your country always comes with a lot of pride. And for Nubia, it is no different. It means a lot to me. I mean, although I do live in London, um, as you can probably hear from the accent, um, uh, Ghana is still like where I'm from. So to be able to represent my country is really, really nice. Swimming is slowly seeping into the hearts of Ghanaian sports fans. If the last Olympic Games was anything to go by, it shows that people will always be ready to support. And Nubia believes the future is bright for this current young crop. I think we should keep continue to go from strength to strength. Um, we are all training really hard and putting in the work. So hopefully, fingers crossed, we all do as best as we can for Ghana and really showcase Ghana um, for swimming um, in the coming years. While she's still very young, Nubia is taking it one day at a time and giving it her best while surmounting the hurdles along the way. She knows that her big break will come soon. From the Burma camp in Accra, Yao Fusilabi for the sunny side of sports. Thanks, Yao. The World Athletics Championships begin July 15th in the northwest U.S. city of Eugene, Oregon. What kind of weather can the athletes expect in Eugene? That's the question Prince Nesta posed to Chris Peach, the director of photography for the Register Guard newspaper in Eugene. Everybody talks about how wet it is in Eugene, and we've definitely had one of the wetter springs that I can remember for a while. And several of the track meets, it was if it didn't rain the entire time during the day, it came close. 
But we've had quite a run of nice weather. The USA Track and Field Championships uh, were beautiful weather. Got a little toasty the last day. Almost a heat wave by our standards around here, but it only got up to the 90s, so that might be laughable to some people. But I think we're going to luck out with the worlds. I haven't had a chance to really look at the long-term forecast, but we get this nice marine layer that moves in in the morning someday. So it'll be you wake up, and it'll be kind of overcast and a little bit cloudy, but it cools things off a little bit. But then by noon to 3 o'clock, it'll burn off, and you're going to see fluffy white clouds and blue sky for that. Right now, I'm actually joined by Chris Peach, who's actually the director of photography at the Register Guard here in Eugene, Oregon. And, you know, he does lots of great uh, photography, which I think you should check out. Uh, basically, just Google his name and, you know, <laughs> lots of great stuff for going to appear and stuff. Just to, you know, spell your name for our listeners right now in case they want to Google it. Yeah, stuff. yeah. It's uh, P-I-E-T-S-C-H. And, yeah, registerguard.com is one way. But like uh, you just said, it's uh, you can just Google my name. It's kind of unique. There's one uh, two or two other Chris Peaches in the world, believe it or not. I was kind of surprised to see that as a school teacher in the Midwest someplace. So, you know, you may see that. But if you see some gray-haired uh, guy and, you know, just Google my name and then click on the images yeah. in the search. And then that, for the most part, you'll see me there. Mixed yeah. in with the other Chris Peaches. But, uh, yeah. yeah, like I mentioned earlier, it's a lot of the, my most recent work is um, behind a paywall at the Register Guard. So you'll have to go to a little bit of effort, but I'm going to work really hard. Me and the other photographers and the reporters are going to make a real effort to make it worth your time to come check us out. Mm-hmm. And we're definitely going to have the best coverage of the complete coverage of Eugene and the what's going on on the track. They know you're a sports fan, you're a sports lover, you've mentioned baseball. Of course, you've covered some of these athletics events. For you personally, what are some of these races that you look forward to basically checking out at the World Athletics event? Oh, the distance runs are always going to be the most uh, popular. This town has, you know, Oregon particularly kind of built its reputation as uh, for distance running uh, with its own athletes. And so that's going to be... um, but, you know, it's evolved now, too, that, you know, the 100, uh, both the men and the women, is going to be, you know, just a loaded field of athletes. And so, you know, it gets over in 10 seconds, but it's going to be really exciting. So the 10Ks and the 5Ks, you'll get a little bit longer time to savor it. And yeah. the steeplechase, um, you know, is always a real popular one. So it kind of goes on and on. The hammer throw is going to be a little bit more challenging if you do want to watch the hammer you need to probably stake out your turf on the rail early that's your inside tip from uh, chris for uh the hammer but it truly is not a bad seat in the house at hayward field but back in the old days if you didn't pick your seat carefully you might have a supporting stanchion right in front of you or something but now it's pretty much any seat and even the 200 level ones which you know your thought would be i'm kind of removed from it but they are so close to the front of the track that you know you really don't even need a pair of binoculars depending on where you are along there so I think everybody's in for a treat. Are you expecting to see any world records broken at this? Oh, event? I'll be shocked if there aren't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's that's that part of that magic formula that I'm kind of anticipating is that yeah. I think uh, you know people are a bunch of records fell. We had one world record fell at uh, the USA Track and Field, so you know I think that sets the table a little bit, and 
you know, with all the athletes coming from all over the world, you know, I don't even know who's, you know, poised to pull that out of their hat while they're here. And so, yeah, I absolutely think that. And I think if there's a chance to do it, uh, now's the time because it's, you're going to have the fans behind you. You've got a state-of-the-art track under your feet. And there's, you know, at this point, it, it's nothing between you and pulling yeah. it off. So yeah. I would say don't leave anything on the track, all you athletes out there. <laughs> I'll be at the finish line to get your picture when you come across. So, you know, give me a little jube on, at the tape there. That'll be awesome. I'm going to sneak in one quick question. Uh, there was, you know, a surprise in the form of, you know, Shakari Richardson actually not being able to qualify for the 100 meters women's race. What happened? You might have watched the race. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. Well, she, uh, she didn't. Uh, you know, of course, she won it going away, uh, you know, at the trials. And so I think everybody was super excited, you know, about the upside for her. But, you know, if you think about breaking down a 100 meter race, it's, there's so many variables going on there. And I think there was some statistic in the men's hundred that everybody in the race like ran a sub 10 or something and so you've run this epic race and you don't even make the podium i mean that's the kind of competition that you're up against just in the united states Mm -hmm. and you know we had a little bit of a preview with some of the jamaican women that came here for uh, pre last year and this year and they are really fast. They're going to be a hard team to beat on, at the 100. So Richardson, you know, she's become kind of a favorite around here. Uh, you know, she's definitely brings the bling a little bit. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, she's got a beautiful, you know, outward personality. Yeah. She doesn't take any crap. She kind of reminds me, she's like the female version of Prefontaine, you know, oh. that she's, you know, advocating for yeah. herself and, you know, doesn't give any excuses and uh, to people. So I uh, want some respect, you know, so yeah, I wish her well. It's too bad she didn't make it, but, uh, you know, I don't think she's gone for sure. She'll be back. Yeah. Allison Felix, she has just had an amazing career and she is just such a class human being that, uh, you know, she's kind of been on her swan t- song t- tour. Uh, and, you know, she has said many times how much she loves Hayward Field and she just organized this, um, daycare situation that's going to be going on for it when they set it up for usa track and field to kind of soft test it and it's going to be available to families that have children while they're here visiting that are uh, competing and whatnot and so you know not only is she a phenomenal athlete on the track but she's a great human being and she's trying to mold the future you know to make it easier for uh, athletes to compete going forward that have you know, other responsibilities. So, you know, I big admirer of her and it's, uh, was cool to see her just this last week again. So this is my last one for you. There's an athlete out there listening, you know, in Africa and other parts of the world. And there are coaches who are listening right now. There are fans who are listening right now. What can you tell them? Because they're going to be here in Eugene. What's your message to them? Have fun while you're here. Absolutely. You know, I know it's going to be intense uh, competition and you're probably nervous uh, and I don't have any idea what it's like to put up with, you know, to, to grind through that. But there's going to be a lot of fun things to do while you're in Eugene. Everybody's looking forward to hosting you here. And so take the time to walk down along the river and take in the sights. Definitely go check out the downtown Riverfront Park. Spend a little time actually looking around Hayward uh, Field and up in the concourse and 
you know, there's a uh, fun little, like, even if you don't have to go buy anything from the kiosk, there's like uh, Ashton Eatons, uh, you know, play on words and English Garden, uh, you know, where you can buy, uh, you know, salads and stuff like that. And so there's a lot of fun tongue in cheek things. And the murals, like I say, you could try a different bathroom every time you go because there's a beautiful mural in, or two in each one of them. So you could take a tour of just the bathrooms alone. Definitely do that. And for the athletes who are actually down below, there's some just amazing. I got a sneak preview of some of the murals that they put together down in the warm-up area where everybody will be staged. And so definitely take the time to check that out. Pretty awesome pieces of artwork, that uh, most of which were painted by local artists here that uh, they hired to do just that. So Fantastic. Thank you very much for joining us today. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. That's Chris Peach, the Director of Photography for the Register Guard newspaper in Eugene, Oregon. And Chris spoke with Prince Nesta in Eugene. Elsewhere in athletics, Trinidad and Tobago's men's relay team received their 2008 Olympic gold medals this week following Jamaica disqualification. VOA's Gwen Uten has more details for us. Sporty greetings, Gwen! Sporty greetings, Sonny. Let's rewind to the Beijing Olympic Games in 2008. Sprinters Aaron Armstrong, Keston Bledman, Mark Burns, and Emmanuel Callender ran the 4x100-meter relay for Trinidad and Tobago. Their performance won them silver, with a finish nearly one second behind the gold medal-winning team of Jamaica. That included sprinting legend Usain Bolt. Fast forward almost a decade later to a doping investigation conducted by the International Olympic Committee. A frozen blood sample found that Nesta Carter, who ran the leadoff leg for Jamaica, tested positive for a banned substance. As a result, the IOC stripped Jamaica of its gold medal, and the team of Trinidad and Tobago were crowned the new Olympic champions. On Tuesday, the four athletes received their gold medals at the Olympic Museum in Lausanne, Switzerland, 14 years after they crossed the finish line in Beijing. And sprinter Aaron Armstrong called winning gold a historic victory for their home country. It's big. I think we'd, uh, it's the third gold medal for the country. So being it's a small country, for us to bring this kind of joy and bring this kind of recognition back to the country is always a great feeling. And we know the people of Trinidad and Tobago, the kids, you know, our families, uh, is going to really be celebrating us because this is a huge moment in history for the country. During the ceremony, the four men were presented with their gold medals and a bouquet of flowers. And then their country's national anthem was played. A moment teammates Keston Bledman and Richard Thompson said was just as poignant as hearing it from the medal stand. I heard some of my teammates was like sniffling. I was like, I was like, don't blink, don't blink, don't blink. Okay, and if I blink, it was going to run right down my face. <laughs> so, but the feeling, it's an awesome feeling. I really can't explain it, but it was tremendously amazing feeling. What I am truly proud of is the message that we've sent by the way we have competed. We, at no point in time, neither of us, not one of us, have been implicated in or tried to shortcut or undermine the system and what it means to participate in, in this sport. 
The sprint team were originally scheduled to receive their gold medals in 2020, but that event was postponed because of the coronavirus pandemic. IOC President Thomas Bach said he would have liked the four athletes to have experienced the medal ceremony at the Beijing Games in 2008. And while Tuesday's ceremony recognized and celebrated the four men for their gold-winning performance, Thomas Bach added the event also sends a message that clean athletes will be protected. It is a clear warning to all the cheats, uh, never feel safe. And uh, it's a warning to them that uh, we are not uh, giving up, uh, but uh, that uh, we are using uh, the latest uh, methods uh, which are available in uh, science to catch uh, them. With the Jamaican men's relay team stripped of their gold medals, Usain Bolt's perfect record of winning gold in all of his Olympic events has now been tarnished. Trinidad and Tobago have participated in 16 summer and three winter Olympic Games. And now the dual island Caribbean nation has won three gold medals, all of them in track and field. And that is all from me, Sonny. Back over to you. Thanks, Gwen. Finally, let's give a sunny side of sports salute to Tunisian tennis player Anz Jabur, who beat Germany's Tatiana Maria in three sets Thursday to become the first African woman to reach the Wimbledon final in the sports open era. Final score from Wimbledon, 6-2, 3-6, and 6-1. Anz Jabur makes it to the women's singles final at Wimbledon. And that wraps up the July seventh edition of the show thank you for tuning in i'm voa's sunny young in washington and that's the sunny side of sports